Hello, and welcome to Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. Good morning, Toastmasters. This is your podcast host, Don Griffith. Today, I have the pleasure of being with Jim Sultan, a fairly new Toastmaster to Arizona. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Don. You're a new Toastmaster to Arizona. How long have you been in, in the Valley? Just two months. Two months. Wow. And when did you join Toastmasters? Oh, gosh, i got to remember back that far. It's hard to tell. I, I believe it was 2002, September of 2002, I joined Toastmasters in Kirkland, Washington, the Kirkland Eclectics Club. And I was with them for many years. <laughs> the Kirkland Eclectics. Yeah, it uh, was a very well-established club, club number 822. Jim, you and I have met before. Tell the listeners about our mutual job we had in Toastmasters. Well, way back when, in 2012, I was had just completed my first year as an international director, and here came the elections, and we had a, a bunch of newbies coming in onto the board, seven of them to be precise, and Don was the person elected from this region, and I was very thrilled to have him join us at the Board of Directors. And we had a fun year together. Served on a couple of committees, did training together for down here in Phoenix mm -hmm. for the district leaders. And he went on for another year after I matriculated off the board. <laughs> yeah, so we served on the board for one year together. Now, for people who don't know... Tell us a little bit about the structure of the Toastmasters Board of Directors. Okay, well, as many people know, and fairly new members are just learning, the structure of Toastmasters begins with the member, then to the club. Many clubs make up areas, many areas make up divisions, and many divisions make up a district. And the districts make up Toastmasters International. In order to establish policy to make sure that the, the organization is progressing into the future, it is run by a board of directors. There is one director elected from each of the 14 regions. There are five executive board members. Those are our second vice president, first vice president, president-elect, current president, the immediate past president, and also the CEO of Toastmasters International, Dan Rex, and two staff members that serve as secretary treasurer of the organization. So our job is strategic planning for where Toastmasters is going to be going in the year and overall oversight to make sure that the integrity of Toastmasters is maintained. You're looking forward. Always. Right. Uh, when I was on the board, we did a lot of studies and initiatives to not necessarily change anything today or tomorrow, but in two years, five years, ten years. One of the exciting things that you and I worked on was what has become Pathways. And in those days, we had no idea what form this revitalized educational system was going to take. But we did the background research and interviews and many, many meetings of discussions of what it was we wanted our educational system to achieve 
And staff took it from there and hired some experts from outside and came up with a wonderful program. So you mentioned staff. Explain that a little bit to our new members or to people who aren't in Toastmasters yet. We have over 17,000 clubs worldwide, over 350,000 members in roughly 144 countries. Everybody has questions. And all these questions can trickle down into some sort of an organization that is going to have oversight on the running, the everyday running of Toastmasters International. Where do the dues get paid? When somebody has a question about membership, who do they turn to? So we have a paid staff in World Headquarters in Denver, Colorado now, and they are paid to make sure that our, answers, our questions are answered and that the paperwork of Toastmasters, keeping track of who officers are, keeping track of our tax ID and making sure that we maintain our 501c3 Uh, So we have a whole financial department. We have an IT department, people who are overseeing the website so that A, somebody can find Toastmasters and B, someone can use the Toastmasters website to get into Pathways. And all these wonderful people in Denver uh, work for the members and the CEO of Toastmasters International is Mr. Daniel Rex. What amazed me was in our tour of world headquarters back when we were international directors, they were telling us they received three or 4,000 emails and phone calls a day. So you need to have plenty of staff that is going to respond in a timely manner. And they're doing a great job of that. Other people have asked me, what does a region advisor do? Isn't that the same thing? Regional advisors are appointed, not elected, so that's the first difference. But what it really came down to is when Toastmasters changed the direction of the board of directors, and this was back in 2009, 2010, during that year, when the new governance Proposition A had passed, they decided that the board of directors would be better suited to be working on a long-term strategy and taking away the everyday governance and oversight of the day-to-day operations of the clubs and the districts. So the international directors are working on long-term strategy and they're also working on fiscal management. The regional advisors are responsible for the everyday operations of Toastmasters from the districts down. So they are the first call that any district leader will make if they need clarification or have a question or need help in in any ways. They are responsible for training our district leaders, and they all visit their districts at least once during the year and are available during that time to assist with training, to make sales calls, to try to create more Toastmasters clubs, and be a resource for the district officers. 
Let's get back to your beginnings in Toastmasters. You said you joined in 2002, I think. That's... In Kirkland, Washington, mm-hmm. which is up near Seattle, correct? It is on the east side of Lake Washington in the Seattle area. Okay. If you're familiar with Costco, that's where Costco was born. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, that's where the Kirkland product okay. came from. Yeah, your, your trivia for the day. Yeah. What was Jim Sultan like before Toastmasters? He was uh, cocksure of himself, <laughs> He thought he did a lot of things right. It's an interesting story. I joined Toastmasters a little later on in my career. I was just over 50 years old when I joined. And I joined because my boss said I needed to do that. Now, all over the years, I was known as being able to make presentations. And in my profession as a lighting designer, I had to present to potential clients on contracts that could be very lucrative and some high dollar figures. My method of making a presentation was to make sure that the client was so confused that they had no choice but to hire me because they knew that I knew what I was talking about even if they didn't. And my boss saw that I was all talk and no listen. I didn't realize it at the time, and when he recommended that I join Toastmasters, he basically said, I think you can improve your presentation uh, abilities, join Toastmasters, and I was mad. I joined Toastmasters. Uh, First of all, I ignored him until he asked me again. I joined Toastmasters, and in three months, I achieved my competent communicator, and I had Toastmasters send the certificate to my boss just to prove that he was totally uh, had no clue of how good I really was. Interestingly enough, at that point, I discovered what Toastmasters was all about. Three months into the program, I had never given an evaluation because I was hypercritical. But it started to wear off. I was in a fantastic club that did all manual speeches, and the evaluations were high quality, and everybody was warm and friendly. We had a great sense of humor as a club, so I couldn't help but like it. I guess Toastmasters, in its own insidious way, got its tendrils deep into my soul. I learned how to give evaluations that were constructive, not destructive. And in doing so, I learned a few things. I learned critical thinking. I learned how to listen to an audience whether it be verbal or a body movement of some sort, I could tell when somebody was falling asleep, I was going over their heads, they're shaking their watch to see if it was still running. I learned how to adjust my presentations mid-sentence if necessary in order to gain back an audience that was slipping away. My success rate in writing contracts went way up, and the next thing I knew, my boss had made me vice president of the company. That took about a year and a half after I joined Toastmasters, but I went on a fast track. I always had a speech in my back pocket ready to give. When somebody would fall, drop out, I would jump in, and so I moved very quickly. My goal was to get an educational award every year, and I ended up doing two or three instead. So I have several triple crowns over those first few years. Sounds like you, like you said, you were on the fast track. You were really, really going quickly 
because you had a goal. Was there anything in your mind about, I want to get done with this, get back to life? Or is that part of it at all? No, what it was was I was starting to realize the good that Toastmasters was doing. And I needed it for my professional life. I often gave presentations at conferences. Uh, Light Fair International is one of the largest lighting conferences in the world. Meets every year, and I've given several presentations there. I realized that the more that I worked the program, the better I was going to become at what I did. And so I may have been a good talker, but I became a good listener, and that was critical in my in the success of my career. So it was fast-tracking so that I could be effective in my everyday and business life. And here you are 17 years later, you're still, you're still in it. And I am. In, and in between you did that little board of directors thing. That's pretty pretty good achievement. I never intended to do that. I had been on the board of directors of the professional organization, professional society for lighting designers, the Illuminating Engineering Society of North America. So I'd done the board thing, and I was South Pacific Coast Regional Director, which is about the same as what an international director did between those two jobs. So I'd been there, done that. I was over 50 years old, and I wasn't going to get into leadership. But there's something that I probably should never share in a new district. I guess I have a deep-seated need to be needed, and I always answer in the affirmative. When somebody says, I need your help, I'm there to help. I call myself an inveterate volunteer. My wife calls me an invertebrate volunteer <laughs> because I don't have the backbone to say no. <laughs> you joined Toastmasters when your boss pressured you to do it. You mm-hmm. didn't really see the need, did you? No, I had, you I had were, no idea. And then you learned that it's a lot more than what you thought it was. Absolutely. The the world of Toastmasters opened up after that first three-month period. I I never saw a stopping point. Honestly, every day I learned something new. And I learned it from people giving icebreakers as well as from world champions. Somebody always has something, some kernel. You walk away from every speech, every evaluation, every table topic, and you've learned something, and you can't help it. You've been in for 17 years, and in a leadership position, you've seen a lot of Toastmasters. You didn't just stay in your club. You had a wider universe of experience. Did you see people improve? Did it happen before your eyes? Absolutely. I saw... I could think of one specific example of a person who had a horrible stutter and he could not get a sentence out, yet every opportunity he could, he was the first to volunteer for table topics. He took the opportunities to work. He, he worked the manuals. He had mentors that worked with him. And after about a year and a half, the stutter was nearly gone and he had tremendous self-confidence when he first started he actually had devices something that he would manipulate to get his mind past the stuttering point and moving on that went away very quickly that's one example i've seen people improve to the point that they get promotions in within their companies microsoft obviously is huge in seattle 
And at last count, we've got more than seven clubs in the Microsoft organization. And it is part of the HR that people should be joining Toastmasters in order to improve themselves and that they look at that as part of the HR folder when they're looking for people to advance. I saw a lot of improvement. It's really the best thing about Toastmasters, especially when you have a little bit of a hand. Maybe you mentored, maybe you gave a little bit of encouragement. And to see somebody grow and improve, that just makes your heart light. What advice do you have? They're a beginning Toastmaster, or perhaps they're, they're not a Toastmaster at all. We have people listening to the podcast who are probably not Toastmasters. What advice do you have? Within the scope of your life, you're going to be gaining certain skills. As you grow through life, your first priority is you. It is the I that becomes very, very important as you learn the skills in order to make yourself competent in your job, in your life, in your social standing, with the church, whatever it may be. You work hard to gain that competency. There is a point in your life that the Toastmaster leaders in particular seem to have got, there's a point where it shifts from I to you. So people who are giving motivational speeches are no longer talking I, I, I. They're saying you. And they're using their life experiences to help other people relate and to help bring them up by their bootstraps. People respond when you talk about them more than you talk about yourself. So that, I believe, is the greatest gain that I I got from Toastmasters leadership is working through the transition between me for myself and becoming me for someone else. My personal motto was grow by helping others grow. And it never became more clear until after I finished two years as an international director. And I believe in the last half a dozen years, I've had greater growth in leadership than all the years put up to that because every day there's a new revelation on how you can help other people achieve their goals. Now, can anybody run for the board of directors? Is there any, I don't know, prerequisites? There are prerequisites for the board of directors. You need to have been a district director, which means that you have had to work your way up through your club offices and through district offices. It's a great idea to be an area director. In fact, you'll find that the leaders in Toastmasters will say that the area director is the most fun job and the most rewarding job in all the leadership positions in Toastmasters. I skipped division director. I actually went back and became a division director after my international director term. So I went from area director to lieutenant governor marketing, which is now the club growth director's position. You do not have to go through the three different chairs of district leadership. I strongly recommend that you do because as district director, you need to know how everybody's doing their job. And if you haven't done it yourself, you're working with a handicap. And I've seen, unfortunately, too many districts fail to achieve their distinguished status. And it may have been 
because not everybody had gone through the entire program. So you need to have been a district director in order to run for the International Board of Directors. Jim, you moved to town recently. Why? Why leave beautiful Seattle to come to Arizona? It was a difficult decision to make. It was done primarily for my health. I'm happy down here, even with the summer. Now, I do plan to go up for summer times in subsequent years, but we were getting the house set up this year. Uh, I'll spend a couple of months, two, three months every summer up in Seattle where I can be with my kids and my grandkids for an extended period. So I'll be a snowbird. So have you gotten involved in any District 3 activities? Not yet. I went to a TLI just in order to meet people, uh, meet the trio, uh, district leaders, and also to see some friends. And it was just to to get a taste of, of the district. So far, nobody in the district has asked me to do anything. <laughs> and and now, Just that, wait. <laughs> now that they know the magic words, I know that I'm in trouble. I did join Twilight Toastmasters. It is a wonderful club, warm and friendly. We visited it once, and I knew that was going to be our new home. So there's some tremendous people there, and, and also some past district leaders, and I believe some future district leaders that are in that club. When and where do they meet? They meet at the Pyle Adult Recreation Center in Tempe every Wednesday, promptly starting at 6.30 p.m. from 6.30 to 8. You said you skipped division director, di- district or division governor back in the day, mm-hmm. but then you came back, you circled around, and you did it again. Right. So what are the advantages, and why should someone consider actually running for election where people have to actually vote for you? for division director, or one of the other offices? Well, if you don't mind, I'm going to back up just a little bit. I think about being an area director first. I am speaking to present and past club presidents. If you were distinguished or better, please consider being an area director because the experience that you had in in guiding a club to distinguish status is something that should be shared with other clubs. And your opportunity as area director to work with the officers of six or seven other clubs in your immediate vicinity is going to give them a leg up on their own success. And keep in mind when a club is successful, it means that the members are doing it right and that they are enjoying that success. It's a lot of work to be an area director. I'm not not going to kid you. Uh, A lot of recruiters will say, oh yeah, don't worry about it. Area director, a lot of fun. And hey, if you ever have a question, call and then they conveniently forget to give you the phone numbers. When that happens, that's a disservice to that volunteer. Be honest. Absolutely. And even if you weren't a distinguished uh, club as a president, still consider being an area director because you still have a tremendous learning curve. You have all these wonderful officers from other clubs. Everyone does something a little bit different, and it all gets together to make a rich organization. How do you become an area director? Are you elected? 
in my case, it was it was it was interesting. It is an appointed position, and it's appointed by the incoming district director. Uh, in my case, I was the area director for my area was from my club, and he was just having so much fun. I wanted to do it too, so I went to my heir apparent incoming district governor at the time. And I said, I'd like to be area director for Area 53. And he looked at me and he said, well, okay, we'll have to check on your your qualifications. I had no idea in the back of his mind he's going, yes, <laughs> I got another one. But it, you're going to be helping your district grow by taking out position. The program quality director is the heir apparent as district director in most districts. I think it's a fair assumption uh, that you should approach that person first and let them know your interest in being an area director. There may be an interview process. I know that I spoke personally to every area director two or three times before I actually appointed them when I was incoming district governor. So those are the, that's the person you should talk to, the incoming district director, and he will do an appointment. That appointment is then approved by the district executive council. People should be thinking about it now. We're recording this at the end of August 2019. Mm-hmm. It, the year will go by very quickly. So start thinking about being an area director next year. Start thinking about it now. Absolutely. We were talking about, okay, now you want to let's run for you, office. Let's say yes. you think you are ready to go for an elected office rather than an appointed or volunteer office. You want to be actually elected. In this case, the person that you should be contacting is the person who was district director last year because they are the chair of the district nominating committee. What should they do? Indicate their interest. First thing you want to do is say, I am thinking about becoming division director. What does that entail? Well, it's as much fun as being an area director because now you're working with the area directors and you're working specifically with them and you're bringing information down to them. But I'm not going to get into the actual position at this point. I think any current top district leader, one of the top three, talk to them about your interest. Ask them, what is this about? Put your name in when the call comes out for people who are interested in running. And hopefully your request to become a division director will be challenged by another person who's also inspired to become a district director. One of the most fun aspects of running for office at, at the higher district at the higher inter, international levels was the fact that we ha- have opponents uh, I had two when I was running for international director we agreed early into the campaign that we were not opponents we were just three qualified people who happened to be looking for the same position take that attitude this is not a right or wrong aspect. There's somebody else who's qualified who's looking. 
run a campaign. Even if you're unopposed, run a campaign. Talk to the area directors. Talk to the presidents of, of the clubs in your vicinity. Ask them what they would like to see in Toastmasters, how their experience can improve. Because now you're on a path that you can work to try to bring some improvement into the quality of clubs and the program of Toastmasters that's being presented to our members. Think of all those individual members that you can help take to the next level just by being in a position where you can support area directors who are supporting club officers who are supporting the individual member. Jim, it's been fun. We've been talking for a while now about your experiences as a brand new Toastmaster and how it's helped you. Your experiences coming up through the leadership ranks, being on the board of directors for Toastmasters, and moving to Arizona and starting a new chapter in your Toastmaster experience. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure, Don, and I look forward to meeting more and more Toastmasters in District 3 as time progresses. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. To volunteer to be featured on the podcast or to suggest future topics, write podcast at aztoastmasters.org. That email again is podcast at aztoastmasters.org. Toastmasters International and all other Toastmasters International trademarks and copyrights are the sole property of Toastmasters International. This podcast is independent of Toastmasters International. It is not endorsed by, sponsored by, affiliated with, or otherwise connected with Toastmasters International, other than for the use of the name Toastmasters International.